listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Is straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. And now, here's RJ Bell. You heard it, I'm RJ live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, a special Wednesday. The simulcast, we'll call it. But with none of that express written consent crap, we're going to be giving you the odds. In fact, Feds, we'll just start right there. Steve Fezzik in studio. Also, Matty Holt, usintegrity.com, former bookmaker. He's in recovery. What do we got? Current odds. Steelers currently up by 12 points. Steelers are laying 12 and a half, despite it already being early in the fourth quarter, RJ. So what we're saying is right now the odds say that Pittsburgh will extend the lead. Yes. If you think they won't, you can bet. Remember, if you disagree with Vegas, you can always bet Vegas. And you get plus 115 if you bet that. So the odds are Baltimore plus 12.5, who's down 12, minus 125. Pittsburgh plus 115, laying the 12.5. Matty Holt, now, remember, things like plus a half, things like even – don't mean a lot in a game because games typically don't end in a tie. But like in a first quarter, if you have plus a half, that means you got to be losing. Here, effectively, you're getting the Ravens plus a half and from the current score and plus money. No, no, minus 125 in the Ravens. Oh, okay. So you actually have to lay it. it. Okay, okay. So what we're saying is if you want to bet the Ravens right now, they're plus a half a point, but you got to lay a little extra juice. Yes. All right. Speaking of the juice in Los Angeles, I'm not even sure what that means, but he's my favorite Joe, Jonas Knox. <laughs> Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have for the first time ever during this show, a Wednesday NFL game live on the air, plus our three biggest games coming up at some point during the show. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? College football playoffs. And I have a take that's backed by math you probably haven't heard yet. And it's going to be. Uh, controversial. Yeah, and you mentioned it in the open. No change to the latest college football playoff rankings in the top seven, which means the top four remain the same. Alabama at one, followed by Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. Okay, here's the take. And this is backed by Matt. Alabama this year, who had the game against Mississippi in which it looked like, uh-oh, that D might not be so good. Otherwise, they've been pretty impressive. But Alabama seems to always be impressive. So no biggie, right? No, there is a biggie. If you look at the math, and we'll break it down, this Alabama team is the very best Alabama team Saban's ever had. 
of all of Saban's champions, of all of Saban's dominating teams, this is the best Alabama team. Fez, I'll get into the math, but once I do, it's going to be hard for you to disagree. So I'm going to say, hey, do you want to disagree? What do you think? Well, no, I don't want to disagree. You know, And part of Alabama sneaking up on us, look at the first two games, RJ. You mentioned it. Ole Miss went for almost 50 points. But the week before, Missouri put up 19 on Alabama. That was two backdoor touchdowns late. And I think because of that, people are like, eh, Alabama, not as good as maybe we expected. And they were under the radar after that. Well, I think he missed one in the middle because their first two games were Missouri and Texas A&M, who's ranked in the top seven, and they beat Texas A&M 52-24 to before going to Ole Miss and hanging 63 on them. Now, and I think A&M's an interesting question because they're in the conversation to somehow get into the national championship playoff. doesn't seem like that's warranted. If there's ever an example of SEC bias. So A&M's had two tough games, right? Lost both of them. No, lost one. The, one loss. Oh, I'm sorry. Alabama. One loss, yeah. and then the, and what would be the second toughest game? Uh, they for, had the upset against Florida. That's right. Okay. They upset Florida as an underdog. Mm. How good is Florida? Mm. I don't know. I, I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm not sure how good they are. Now, the info, the take on Alabama, is from Bill Conley, and he's got a very respected. It's called SP Plus, and the rating system and. I'm not a college day-to-day guy, but I really track the analytics because, to me, that's a great way to follow a sport from a distance. You know, you don't have to watch every play, but, hey, what's the math say? And right now, it says this Alabama team's the best. What's interesting is the second-best Alabama team, 2017 and then 2014, and neither of those teams won the title. So imagine that you're Alabama with all those titles with Saban. And your two best teams up to now actually haven't won the title. Those are the two really good ones. Ooh. All right, Jonas, from the fans' perspective, Alabama, best Alabama ever? Does that feel right? Uh, it's surprising, but it also I can't dispute it just based on the fact that they have been pretty dominant this season. I think what you guys were saying is true. We were looking at this team and their defense early on, and some of us couldn't get that out of our minds. But if you actually look at their defense, they have improved. And what's ironic is you had Nick Saban come out earlier this year and basically say, good defense doesn't beat good offense anymore. Those days are dead. You have to have an offense or else you can't compete, yet it's his defense that's really maybe spurred some of this conversation for how good they've been. This morning I was looking at an academic study on what is predictive in the NFL. As in, if you could just look at one stat, what would it be? And if you could look at two, what would those be? And people get it. Passing is more important than running these days. And that offense is more important than defense. But if you look at the math behind it, is the ability to pass the ball is like three or four times as predictive of not running the ball, but defending the pass. And then running the ball is way behind. So like number one, predictive, and, and we'll say NFL, but this I think applies to college too, can you pass the ball? Right? Think of who's the team that can't pass the ball that's good in the NFL? Right? None. Baltimore. Baltimore. Well, <laughs> not good. But how good are they? <laughs> right. Right? That's the question, right? Because they were passing pretty okay up until the last four or five games last year. We do have the MVP reigning right now, right, as a quarterback. But you're right. There was a lot of running. And how'd they do? Well, they did pretty well in the regular season. Not so well after that. 
and not so well against good teams. Now, defending the pass is number two, and then number three is running the ball, and it's way down. There's something like 67% of all results you can attribute to passing and then defending the pass. So as much as we're saying, well, maybe offense is a little more than defense and pass is a little more than run, no. Generally in football, and think of the teams that win. I'm not talking this year. I'm talking five years. Last five years, who's the team that can't throw the ball? And when I say can't, I mean is even average. Who's the team that was mighty good but average at throwing the ball? Like last five years. Mm. Jonas, can you think of any? I can't think of anybody, no. So as much as we're all products of our history and we incrementally change, maybe there's a quantum leap we got to see here, ability to pass the ball. And back to Alabama, Nick Saban winning a lot of games a couple years ago, recruits Tua and says, we're going to open this thing up. And let's not forget, historically, Tom Osborne, uh, Bobby Bowden, let's go back through Joe Paul the history of the great coaches in college football, how many have transitioned in their mid-60s and beyond into a different style of football? Right? Not many. I don't know You know, any really that super successful. You know, Woody Hayes did, couldn't transition. He got mm-hmm. pretty much thrown off you know, out of college football because he was so frustrated at the way things were going in the late 70s. So to me, I look at Alabama and I think Saban, brilliant, all that, unmatched. But his transition, his evolution, super impressive to me. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Any final thoughts on Alabama? 146 to 16. That's how they've outscored their last three opponents. 146 to 16 combined. That almost equals a, a scoring margin of 50 to 5 on average. I think they're covering those games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, what would Alabama be against, let's say, Florida? So we got uh, neutral field, SEC championship game likely. We haven't prepped this, so this is gut feeling, Fez. What's the line? Bama minus 11. Uh, eight and a half. Ooh. Now the computer rankings say it's right around 11, but the speculation is it'd be 12 or 13 because Bama's been covering. So you, would you like Florida there? No, it's not. If, if it's, I don't know that I like Florida. I think Florida's offense is getting a lot of love. And considering Florida's past spreads, including being a road favorite at Texas A&M, I think the spread will be less than the computer numbers say Ooh. due to projected handle. All right. So mark that up. Maddie says he expects it to be less than 11. Let's say Florida, Alabama. Fez, you think more. I think more also, right? Oh, you said right on 11. I'll take over. This is Price is Right. I'll take 11 and a half. <laughs> Jonas, what do you think? Uh, I think whatever Fez thinks. Oh, well, usually that's pretty smart. Not necessarily if he's picking seven NFL picks a week. Now, a couple other games. Alabama-Clemson, if they met in the college football playoffs. Fez, first thought. Bama minus four and a half. Uh, Bama minus seven. Minus four is the speculation I'm hearing. Two more games against the Ohio State University, Alabama. Bama minus seven. Bama minus nine and a half. Okay, so what we're saying is Ohio State would be six. Six. Finally, Notre Dame. This is going to surprise you. Bama minus 14. Bama minus, yeah, 14 seems right. People are saying nine and a half or ten. What? But no. I can remember now, Notre Dame... 
pretty impressive game against North Carolina, yeah, wouldn't true. you say? True. Yeah, but they have a recency bias of massively underperforming in CFP games. <laughs> so the theory is when you have a different market betting those games. Yeah. But do you think they have that much of a memory, or are they just thinking, oh, Notre Dame, isn't that where, no, Ru- isn't that where there last Rudy year? went? They was just People are going to remember that national title game where Bama was laying 10 and they were up 21 during the national anthem against uh, Notre Dame. Was that you being cute, Pat? I mean, yeah. that, <laughs> did you plan that or that was just off the cuff? Off the cuff. Oh, man. I mean, how do you complain? I'll tell you, it's just occurred to me what the student body has been chanting for the last two or three minutes. It's the name of Rudy. As I think, when I look at you, I think of Rudy. <laughs> But you I'm an overachiever. You, you wouldn't have worked that hard, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the current odds right now? So Pittsburgh is laying 12 and a half, clinging to that 12 point lead. Okay, so it's a, pretty much the same concept. Is is right now Pittsburgh supposed to extend the lead? And what's the money? What do you have to lay? It's split. All right, so right now, so that's interesting. So you're saying in a way Pittsburgh's edge has increased. During this segment, no, it's actually slightly decreased because. Well, I'm confused because if. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Thanks, Fez. Thanks, Fez. What do you think your record? When you tell me live (laughs) on air, I'm wrong. What do you think your record is? Over. No, no, no. Honest. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Jonas, would you keep correcting someone live on national radio if you're twenty (laughs) percent right? I mean, you want to talk about ego? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I got to be honest, I'm not a particularly empathetic person. I'm kind of dog-eat-dog. Just, you know, you grew up in the tough coal mining towns of Ohio. That's what happens. But, Fez, I think you go a step too far. McKenzie, Ivy League grad, decides to come, you know, let's be honest, almost like a intern-type situation because I'm tough. And somehow I hear you guys betting, and somehow you're just taking him left and right. Like the poor kid. Explain what what goes through your mind. You're just he's got to learn. Might as well learn with you. I mean, I, right? You guys made a bet during the break, and it was like Mackenzie goes, "I'll bet you," and Fez goes, "I'll give you two to one." Now, Matty Holt, <laughs> when Fez is offering better odds, you should run the other way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then it's like Mackenzie goes, "I'll take it." And then Fez goes, oh, yeah, it should actually be minus 300, not two to one. Ha, ha, ha. How are you feeling? I feel good. I'd feel better if um, McKenzie's bet didn't look good after a few minutes so, here. So what you're saying is after the bet, things have turned against you. Yeah. Yes. Almost like fate is somehow intervening. Yes. You know, speaking of the coal mines, when I grew up, my dad's a coal miner and was, and he used to love, he only had 245 records. One was like an Elvis record, and the other was you load 16 tons. Johnny, we got that. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in depth. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Wow, think about that concept. You work all week, Jonas, and at the end you owe money. That's kind of McKenzie against Fez here. But hopefully we'll get revenge. How's it looking? It looks bad for me because... So the the bet was, would there be a score 
the rest of the game. Yes. McKenzie said no. You said yes. And his whole theory blew up because he said Baltimore would go for it on fourth down from their own territory. But they've had enough of this COVID game, and they just punted. Five Ooh. minutes to play. Down 12. Baltimore raises the white flag and punts, RJ. Hardballs aren't much for grit. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, seriously, if they're front runners, I think is what you'd call it. And I mean, I'm not saying anything personal about them. He smells. But the fact is, front runners, hardballs. I mean, as a Steelers fan and a high state fan, I would know front runners. This is interesting. He'd rather because he doesn't want that score on his record. You know how they always talk about Harbaugh versus Tomlin. Why else wouldn't he go for it? I don't know. You can't win the game by punting. Yeah. That's for sure. And, and your odds of winning the game are what, would you say, at that point, Fez? Probably at least 2%, right? Yeah, 3%. So you literally said, no, take your 3% because I don't want people 10 years from now looking at this and this game being like 26-7 to 7 instead of 19 Exactly. Why else would he not just go for it? trying to save face here instead of helping me win my bet. Front runners. He smells. <laughs> this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we'll keep working extra hard to make this the best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app right here in Las Vegas on the strip. 59 degrees. The neon is, Fez, you just looked depressed. Yeah, the under is now favored. Oh. Mackenzie's bet is favored, and he's getting two to one. Mackenzie's buying lunch, and the neon is, um, let's just say, smiling. <laughs> so, RJ, we've been talking about the latest edition of the college football playoff rankings. They were released last night. No change at the top, though, amongst the top seven. No, and but the odds have changed. So, Notre Dame, with a very impressive game against North Carolina, their odds have gone from about 16 to 1. And this is to win the title, down to 9 to 1. So what's the rationale? Why the odds improvement, Matty? I think the rationale at this point is that since the only game they have left is a home game against uh, Syracuse, or they'll be at least a 30-something point favorite, that they are almost guaranteed to be 10-0 and and undefeated in the ACC. And we talk about while a team has never made the CFP ball losing their conference title game, True. I don't know that a team has ever not made the CFP going undefeated in their conference. And Notre Dame's oh, going to wow. go 10-0 and in their conference this year with a win over over Clemson. I think at this point they're almost assured a spot in the CFP. I boy, Mackenzie, look that up. Has there been I, I'm almost certain there's been a uh, big Power 5 conference undefeated team. Well, I get you mean undefeated before the but title game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Check that out. Research. Don't just be celebrating your win if you win this thing. <laughs> Keep working. Uh, can you think of Jonas of that situation? I I can't. Uh, I'm trying to think I I mean the only, I can think outside the Power 5. Um, no, for sure there's been that. Yeah, yeah but I, I can't think of anybody in the Power Five that went perfect, lost conference championship weekend, and then got in. All right, so let's talk about the the scenarios. So Alabama, obviously, and as we talked about in the first segment, some of the power numbers, Bill Connolly, most notably, best Alabama team ever, or at least of Saban's teams. Right? I don't know about Bear Bryant and the boys. Ohio State. Right now, and this is what we're going through, is I'm going through a hybrid ranking, which is the Bill Connolly rankings plus the Football Outsiders rankings. And here's the thing you got to know about football analytics. I know you probably think about Barkley and the whole debate, and you don't like math geeks, and I get it. I don't like them either. But I, don't, I, I didn't pick on them, but I didn't like them. 
I think it's a situation where you got to understand how much advancement there's been with analytics in the last, let's say, 10 years with football. Because before you saw the Jeff Sagarin ratings in the USA Today, there were other, you know, Football Outsiders been out for a long time. It's become something where at serious institutions, they have entire, you can get a master's degree or get an undergraduate degree in, in sports data science, data science with sports. Matt, one of the things you do at usintegrity.com, you're the founder, former bookmaker, is you are you got a stream of data coming in unmatched, and you're saying, does something look suspicious? Is the action on this Tuesday night game too much? Is it too lopsided? And really, when you've got, what, 15 employees? When you're hiring, you're hiring a lot, many of them, for data, right? Almost all of our new hires are data analysts. And what pedigree do they typically, what kind of academic training do they have? And are they typically young? Because I see with the youngsters a lot more of the academic training applied to sports. Yeah, agreed. And we, and there are so many different types of analytics, you know, um, courses and, and degrees that people can get that we look for at this point. You know, we'd love to have data scientists, but we want people to at least have an understanding of analytics because at the end of the day, you're building algorithms so that the machine learning flags the abnormalities and then human beings investigate those abnormalities after. Um, so it's really important. It's like Joe Friday after the after the bad batters here. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas. That's Matty Holt. I'm RJ Bell. So the point I'm making is let's not make the assumptions that, oh, it's just the math. No, no. This is peer-reviewed. This is collective IQ. You get two of the best power numbers and combine them, you're going to have something here. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Clemson. We can debate Ohio State and not enough games, but I think everyone agrees those are three of the best teams. Oh, touchdown! Oh, so you won, Fez? I did. <laughs> Baltimore came back down and scored. And that's going to lead to a cover, too, huh? Or at least yeah, at the close very likely. Yes. And there's still a ton of time. They could still win this game. Oh, my God. So, in a way, even, like, really, all of the, the, all of the <laughs> lamenting was you went from being a monster unfair favorite to even money. 70-yard Trace McSorley to, uh, to, to Brown. Christmas uh, uh, basket to McSorley this year, no doubt. <laughs> Don't try to be clever. In fact, this is a perfect time to play Fez's Sunday church service. We got the actual audio on this. Beelzebub, Leothon, Asmodeus, come forth from the abyss by these names. What is that, Steve? I'd rather not say. Christmas carols. <laughs> That's Christmas carols at the fencing yeah. house. <laughs> Jonas, what do you think of this guy? I mean, you're a big supporter of his. It's just, like the idea that he beat McKenzie on a play like that from Trace McSorley, who's their third stringer. It's like a, a heavy favorite in boxing uh, winning a split decision over an underdog. If it gets to that point, you're like, come just give it to the underdog. And then he still ekes out a split decision. It's but his, his ruthlessness is part of his. <laughs> charm. It's great. I mean, in a way, Fez, your response should be, that's why I'm the favorite, baby. And that's why, <laughs> hey, I'm mentoring McKenzie. This is making him money later on in his life. He's learning life lessons. So sweet. That's Steve Fezzik. <laughs> that is not R.J. Bell. That's me, straight out of Vegas. All right. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. The fourth best team in these rankings. Hold on to your hat. BYU. Huh. B-Y-F-N-U. <laughs> is the fourth best team in the country. 
by these rankings. Now, you might say, wait a minute, they haven't really beat anyone. Well, they beat Boise, but they haven't really beaten anyone otherwise. That's what these computers do exceptionally well, is they say, well, if you win by 28 in this spot, what does it say? Right? Because you might say, margin of victory doesn't matter. But even basic analytics, Matt, talk about the Pythagorean theorem, which is that the best predictor of the future is your net point differential compared to even your wins and losses. If one team has a better net point differential and the other team has more wins, going forward, net point differential is better, even though there might have been a 60 nothing game in there, historically. Absolutely. So, I think BYU can be assessed by the computers exceptionally well, not so much by humans. And where's BYU at in the rankings? I think 19 or, oh no, 13. 13. 13. Yeah. So, Jonas, think about this. The computers say four, and the humans say 13. I mean, <laughs> like, I don't get it, right? I mean, is this what, oh, it's an independent, so we want to somehow beat it out of them so they come into a conference? Uh, what's going on here? It, well, that just shows you the difference between the human element and what the computers are saying. And as we've seen many times over the past several years, that the human element oftentimes gets outmatched and outdone by the computers. Analytics are the reason the NBA changed to the three ball. You had guys like Charles Barkley dismissing the Golden State Warriors because because they're just a jump-shooting team, and he was wrong and proven wrong because he used the human element. So I just wonder if that's going to happen here with BYU, too. And if you look at the team right in front of BYU in these rankings, Indiana, if those two played on a neutral right now, it would be BYU minus 11. I mean, granted, there's been an injury for Indiana. BYU minus 11. Now, I heard and then asked someone, what would the A&M-BYU line be? Colin was talking about this today. Gut feeling, Fez. A&M minus three. Uh, A&M one. I'm here in Pickham or one. So, I mean, think about this now. Texas A&M, they beat Florida. Vegas is saying, and if there's a game, bowl game, you can bet millions. You know, not one person can bet millions at a time, but if one wanted to get millions down, he could over yep. time. And if you're a special client like a Mayweather or whatever, you can bet the million, no problem. That is how sure Vegas is. They generally have the right line. And Vegas is saying, BYU, Texas A&M, about even. Which means the line against Alabama wouldn't be insane. I mean, it would be a high line, but I mean, so is everyone else against Alabama, as we talked about. Clemson would be about four, Ohio State six. And this is Bama favorite, four over Clemson, six over Ohio State, and nine or ten over Notre Dame. So... You know, where, where's BYU in that? And is it like really that much less of a chance? Not really. Right, Fez? Yeah, and you could make the case that BYU, we really aren't sure how good this team is. They haven't had one close game, and they've murdered decent teams. Well, uh, Boise, and Boise's more than a decent team. Yeah, and they won by, what, 34 or something like that? I mean, that was just a complete domination. And I know everyone has a feeling, and I want to get Jonas's thoughts on this. We're straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Everyone has a feeling, oh, it's a good story. Almost like... Uh, uh, you know, these group of five schools, and um, I'm having a mental block. The Florida, what's the Florida school? Central UCF. Florida. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cincinnati this year. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati this year, we don't know, but I think when when USF cr- created their own championship rings and all that, everyone, Pete Auburn and- everyone laughed at them. But, you know, here's the thing if when you win, 
there's an excuse. Because if you go back through the last 10, 15 years and say, when have the best group of five played an SEC team or an elite team? What happens? Sometimes, bam, I think against Hawaii, if I remember, they'll crush them. But other times, you'll see a Utah play competitively, Boise play competitively. Yeah, Boise beat Oklahoma and UCF beat Auburn. And and then what do you say? What what do we say? Everyone says they well, didn't care. They, they didn't try. Lack of motivation. So you here. It's a beautiful situation. If you win, the truth prevails. But if you lose, ah, we didn't really try. It doesn't count. BS. <laughs> BS. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. RJ, it is a tradition we do every single week here on Straight Out of Vegas. We take a look every Wednesday at the three biggest games in the NFL, and we're going to start in Tennessee this Sunday, a matchup of eight and three teams. It's the Browns at the Titans right now on pregame.com. Tennessee, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, Jonas, first, I'm going to try to be Jonas, and I'm going to announce the Pittsburgh final. Tell me how. You're going to grade me here? <laughs> I'll grade you. All right, here it is. <clears throat> We've got a final in Pittsburgh. Steelers 19, Ravens 14. Steelers get the cover. How was it? Perfect. No, no. Ravens get the cover. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> See, I, that's what happens when you do a Ted Baxter. You're thinking about your voice, and you're not really doing it. All right, I'll say it my way. All right, 19-14, Ravens cover. Lucky cover. Fez... <laughs> Schnookers, a poor young Ivy Leaguer. And had to get lucky to do oh, it. Oh, <laughs> my God. And the funny thing is, right before the uh, segment started, I had a, I said, guys, let's do a con- You know, we do a podcast. You know, you can get this podcast. Just search R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Or R.J. Bell, you'll see the dream preview. And we do a deep dive every week. Maddie's on it. And I said, let's do a confidence thing. Five, four, three, two, one. We'll pick five games. And uh, let's throw 300 in each. Maddie's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And Fed's like, mm. What was that about, Fez? You just you want to pick on little like like the the naive guys straight off the boat. If you want to win at poker, you play <laughs> against soft opponents. Same thing in sports. You're betting. like the, you're like the type that would be sitting in Hollywood waiting for the bus from Nebraska to pull up. Exactly. And, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you're not supposed to say exactly to that. Like, the poor blonde gets off with the luggage. It's like you need some place to stay. Have you ever modeled? I think the best. I mean, what is wrong with this guy? The best All right, part. What do you the, got on this Tennessee game? I think it's an overreaction. The line here: Tennessee's laying five and a half. The look-ahead line last week was three and a half. Now Tennessee, really nice win against Indy, but to bump this line up by two points, I think too much of an adjustment for just one game. So the line was was minus three and a half Tennessee. Now it's minus five and a half. And the theory is the Titans beat the Ravens. Titans beat and in a way dominate the Colts. Reevaluation. Yes. How much did you upgrade the Titans? One point from last week. And what did you do with the Browns off the Jags game? I did nothing because nah, that's no. Mis- Cleveland mistake. was Cleveland was up eight in the red zone with three minutes to play. Ah, I mean, maybe, but they. <laughs> how were the stats? It's funny, and when the stats back you, you talk stats. When there's some game, if you could just take one snapshot and freeze time, and you're an edge there. But what about the stat? What's the stats? Yeah, Cle- Cleveland won the stats, but not convincingly at all. He uses that old attorney adage. When the facts are in your favor, pound the facts. When the law's in your favor, pound the law. And when neither's in your favor, pound the table. And that's kind of fed. That's good. I never yeah. heard that one. Where you got in this game? 
Uh, you know, the one narrative that I keep hearing over and over again is, well, the Browns' offense isn't that great. Baker's unreliable, but their defense is so good. But when you look at the defensive numbers, 21st in points allowed, 17th in opponents' yards per game, 20th in opponents' points per play. I'm not sure the defense is that good in the Cleveland Browns. I just think they've been playing weak opposition. I kind of lean Tennessee. My expected points calculation has Cleveland 9, Football Outsiders has them um, check that. Uh, Cleveland 14, Football Outsiders have them at 20. Wow. In the tw- So, to me, I think it's a situation where the Browns play particularly well if Baker's not pressed too hard. And I don't think the Titans are going to get a lot of pressure. I actually like the Browns here. We got to hurry, Jarvis. It, it's an NFC West matchup in the desert. It's the Rams at the Cardinals right now on pregame.com. LA three point favorite. Just don't trust Murray. He's got that shoulder injury. He has not been running the ball much the last two games. Only five carries. And I saw him make business decisions last week going ahead and going down while he was running instead of taking on a defender. Don't want Arizona if if Murray is not going to be able to run the ball effectively. Well, Jared Goffo hasn't been strong at all, Matt. Look, we all knew Aaron Donald was amazing. I mean, he has just shown up and played. He might be the MVP of the NFL this season. And don't forget, left tackle Whitworth out, and it kind of showed last week so i like the rams d but i'm questioning otherwise eagles at the packers right now on pregame.com green bay an eight and a half point favorite 30 seconds i just do not trust the eagles and Wentz. third down conversions oh for nine two for ten two for ten there's this offense is broken Biggest bet at a regulated sports book last week, $500,000 on the Seattle Seahawks, minus six and a half. Ouch, as Philly not only gets the Hail Mary, but goes for two, down 14. Remember, get the better line. Last thing on this game is if you look at expected points, you could make the case Green Bay is the best team in football. I think that would surprise a lot of people. 